You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Um, today, we are talking about... Well, skiing is on the brain because we've been getting pounded with snow lately. And um, I have to say, Chase, I went up skiing, uh, touring in the backcountry on Saturday morning, and it was pretty good. And then we got like another 20 plus inches of super soft, super fluffy snow. So I went up this morning and it was pretty darn awesome too. Was it blower this morning? Yeah, I no, I didn't I didn't go back country skiing. I went cross country. I went uh, cross country skiing. Uh, but in between, <laughs> so d- you didn't go. Oh, uh, really go skiing? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't real skiing. You're right. But in between some of the trails, there's some hills that you can like ski down on the Nordic skis, and and uh, the snow was awfully awfully light and fluffy and deep. <sighs> I mean, so sure much so that even on Nordic skis, it was fun and felt like floating wow even on nordic skis even on nordic skis so yeah it was really good i'm going up um backcountry skiing in the morning tomorrow so i'll tell you i'll send you some pictures tell you how it goes okay who you going with just my dog Mm, fun yeah we've got we've got you know up cutler ridge um if you follow the the skin track up or, or you follow the skin track down it's like it doesn't ever get above 30 degrees yeah and so that's where i go if i if i don't have a partner i just ski that and then i know i'm safe from avalanches so yeah i hope that it's not too windy we did get pounded with wind up there mm-hmm. and the snow is so soft that i don't i still think it's going to be decent but um yeah. should be good still but anyway yeah i'll let you know how it goes but it's been kind of an epic uh epic skiing lately while you were in surgery, yep. many many people from Ogden were up skiing, um, skiing Epic Powder at Snow Basin and Powder Mountain. So, anyway, next year. Yep, so next year. Yep. So, um, but today, because there are a lot of people that are enjoying the snow and because skiing is on the brain, we wanted to talk about how to fit ski boots and also how to mold your ski boots once you get them. Because most... Most ski boots now, uh, at least maybe on the, the upper tier, uh, $300 or more, most ski boots are mold- heat moldable now. And you can mold those at home or you can mold them in a shop. And a lot of shops will offer that as a free service. We do. Um, some some shops will charge you money for it. Um, actually, I don't know if most shops will do it for free. Many, I think it know? depends on if you buy them If you them buy them there, there or not. Um, but I know a lot of shops now are charging just to try boots on. It's like 
think I know that one Over. shop here in town. Um, it's fifty dollars to try boots on, and if you buy them, what do you mean try them on? Just to try boots on at fifty bucks. If you buy the boots from them, they take that off the price. But I think they have too many people coming in trying, trying on, on the boots, boots and, and buying them, them online. online. Oh, for which oh, is which is annoying. That. I mean, I totally understand that because I mean they pay a boot fitter good money to come in and to get trained, and then their boot fitter. He's been doing it for years, and he right. knows his stuff really well. So people come in, and they use all of his knowledge, and they say, thanks, I'm going to think about it, and they go they buy go, it online, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I understand it's the nature of, of the society we live in, and I'm I'm game for that. Tier 30 um, matches online prices. We do. We right. do. So come. So come get fit by a... By a <clears throat> professional and also buy from a professional and you'll get the same price yep exactly plus but, plus better service exactly so but a lot of people will charge extra for that um yep. add-on i guess you could call it yeah so we don't charge to try on boots we also don't charge to heat mold boots that's a free service we offer um we do charge to buy the boots <laughs> we don't <laughs> believe it or not boots. Um, but if you want to, if you want to find the right boot for your, your fit and you can come in and try them on, try them on in our shop. And if you don't like the fit and you want to buy something online, go for it. Or if you like the fit, but you want to buy them online, you can do that, but it would make no sense because we match the price. <laughs> exactly. So you might as well just walk out the door with them. Yep. But we want to, for those of you that are, and this is ski boots are one of those items that I would be very hesitant to buy online because getting the right fit for a boot is about as important as as anything. I think it's the most important thing in, as far as all your ski system goes. Right. Yeah, you have a sloppy fitting boot or a, a, a bad fitting boot and one of a few things are going to happen. <clears throat> Number one, your feet might be really uncomfortable and you'll be miserable all day. Or two, your boots might be really sloppy and you're going to have a hard time skiing and be miserable all day. Or the third thing that could happen if you get it right is your boots fit comfortably and they're, and they're snug and solid and you have the most epic time ever skiing. You're happy all day. You're happy all day. Weird. Yeah. Stoked. So... There's only those are the only three options though. In all <laughs> in all reality though, like you're either miserable, your feet are hating it, or your feet are doing fine. Yeah. So, uh, I've been skiing on some. So, my <coughs> I have to admit my touring boots, my Hoji's, they've been causing me some pain. Now I've got foot problems anyway, and uh, but they're they're so snug on the instep that when I ski on them, they feel like they are a part of me they fit so snug my foot what doesn't you want? move around that is oh, what yeah. i want but but because i i have what are called plantar fibromas and the arches of my feet which mm. are these these knobs knob the nodules that are really painful when you put pressure on them and these particular boots put a lot of pressure on those and so i can't hike for very long before i'm just in like big time pain and so um so I've actually been hiking in some sloppy uh, old touring boots that don't hurt my feet, which means, and, and I mean, thankfully I've been doing a lot of Nordic skiing this year, and so my balance is pretty good, I'm feeling pretty good, and I can kind of finesse my turns, but I am skiing in loose and sloppy boots that if I go too quickly or I'm not perfectly centered in my boots, I'll get in the back seat really quickly, and it makes for some 
trickier skiing for sure. Um, and so anyway, that's just, that's a side note, but the importance of having the right fitting boot can't be overstated. So Chase, start us off here. If somebody comes in the shop and they are uh, looking for a boot, um, how do they know, first of all, uh, if they have a good fitting boot? Well, I'm going to answer that question. They have to try them on, right? Yeah. You can't you can't tell from looking at it. You, have you to can't say, I'm a size 10. Give, yeah. me, give me whatever that size is. Right. And yeah. it works. Typically, right. a customer will come in, and if they know their boot size, like, oh, I'm a 27. Okay, I'm going to grab a 26.5. Which that should be mentioned. Everything's in, not in like your regular shoe mondo size. It's sizes. called a Mondo size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have little measurers. Every shop should have a little. It tells you what your Mondo size is. That's the first step. Yeah. Well, I, I think most people are in a boot that's too big for them, from what I've gathered. Um, I most people that come in, no, it's usually because they'll get a boot and they, they buy it comfortable off the shelf. Mm. And then it starts to pack out. And their foot's really sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I've experienced most of the time. Once you shelf it a person, a, a person, um, which is you take the liner out and you put their, their foot in the shell and you kind of get a good sense for how big their foot is within that shell. And then you can kind of go from there. But shell fitting, I think, is one of the most important parts of the boot fitting process to get the right size. Um, most people will come in and we put them in whatever they want, what they, they first recommend themselves, and we'll shelf it them, and it's like gargantuan. There's like an inch and a half of room behind their heel. And what's the rules there? Um, it's like one finger and two fingers. Yeah. Um, one finger is performance, two finger is comfort, um, comfort fit, and we've all, we've got a little stick, a Scarpa stick that we can stick down there. and um, makes it a little bit easier, but that's kind of general rule of thumb. One finger would distance between hill and the shelf. I'd call that the rule of index finger. Rule of index finger. (laughs) There you go. Really hard to get the thumb in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. Or the Scarpa stick. I get you. Rule of thumb. Yeah. Rule of thumb. (laughs) Or the rule of Scarpa stick. That's maybe even better. Yeah. But that's one important part is if you are going to a boot fitter, getting shell fitted because it's going to every boot's going to be different too as far as so if they don't shell fit you that's a that's a a sign yeah that's a red flag probably Hmm. um now people come into our shop and we don't shell fit every single person that comes in looking at boots either and so um but if they're serious about boots then we will like if they if they're just looking and browsing, want to slip some on and stuff like that, we're not gonna like really push them to shelf it them. But if they're like if they seem serious about buying a boot, we'll sit down with them, we'll rip the liner out, we'll shelf it them, we'll make sure that they're in the right right size boot before we continue. And sometimes even if they're just like, I don't know what size I am, say okay, what's your shoe size? We can start from there, and then we'll shelf fit them in a in a few different sizes. And we can say okay, in Scarpa you're a twenty eight point five, or or in Dinafit you're a twenty seven five, or whatever size that is. Um, we can kind of give them an idea, and so they at least know ballpark what what that is. But yeah, so shell shell fitting is much better. Um, to give you an idea of where what size you need to be in than it's just trying point. on a boot. Yeah. Because the other thing, too, is that boot liners differ in thickness, and the the different thicknesses means that they're going to pack out differently. And um, 
it's the shell that's really kind of holding things to things to the size so um, so you can have a a boot liner that feels like it's too tight but then you mold it to where it feels like it, it, yeah it like thins out yeah. or whatever in certain spots yeah but the other thing too is you might put a boot on at the beginning of the day and you're like woo this is snug and then by lunchtime you're like woo this is Sloppy. sloppy yeah oh really you almost need to uh, crank it down a little bit for the second half of the day yeah, that's why i snowboard <laughs> yeah. so um i don't other, like performance fit <laughs> <laughs> the other thing um so we talk about mondo sizing and stuff like that here's a little trick to kind of estimate what your mondo size might be so a size 28 is a 10 now, if you add 2 and 8, that makes 10. How about that? 28.0 is a 10. 28.5 is a 10 and a half. 26.0 is an 8. 24.0 is a 6. 25 is a 7. So you add the 2 mm. and the whatever number. When you get up to 30, you just kind of have to add up. So 29 is an 11, 30 is a 12, 31 is a 13 or so. That's kind of a ballpark. It's not an exact science, but that get, kind of gets you in the ballpark. Mm. Now, to consider this, in trail runners, I wear an 11 and a half. In a ski boot, I'm a 28, which is a size 10. And that is uncomfortably snug until I get them, get them molded and they start to back out. That's a performance fit for me as a 28 in some brands, a 28.5 in other brands. So I size down and a size to a size and a half in a ski boot that's most people want comfort right out of the box but i'll tell you what if you buy them comfortable like like a normal everyday shoe fills out of the box by day two you're skiing in sloppy mess that can't be tightened enough hmm. to to ski well mm-hmm. so usually you want to size down a little bit which is where the shell fit makes sense because then you can actually get in the right boot and you know you're in the right size boot um no matter how the liner fills well, then how long does that. it take to you know heat mold the liner and 20 minutes everything so that you have so you d- to dial in the fit yeah 20 to 30 minutes they usually take about 10 minutes to heat up on our heat stacks or in our in our oven um 10 to 12 minutes to heat up and then probably 10 to 15 minutes on your feet and what you want to do is when you put on a put on a boot, you want to feel you stand in them, flex in them, stuff like that, and you want to have the boots on for a good five or ten minutes, so you can start to feel where the uncomfortable spots are, where the hot spots are, and stuff, and then you make note of those things, uh, of those areas, and you slip the boot off, you cut out some molding foam or whatever, and you put those on those hot spot areas and put a sock over it, a real thin, like a nylon or a very, very thin ski sock over that. So now you've got padding that's kind of exaggerating the problem spots on your foot. And and then you most people will want toe caps on their toes that gives your, will mold in a little extra space to wiggle your toes. And you heat up, so you'll do this while you're heating up the liners of the boots. Um, and if you're on heat stacks, the liners can stay in the boot. If you're in an oven, you pull the liners out and stick them in the oven. But 
Um, then you'll slip your foot back in once they're fully heated. Slip the foot back in and those uh, foam spots, the extra bulges on your foot, they're going to push the liner out. They're going to pack that liner out a little bit to to relieve a little bit of the pressure on those problem areas. So what did you do because your foot's messed up? So that's a... If the shell is not the right shape, there's only so much you can do to a liner. Mm. At a certain point, you have to start messing with the shell, and that can be problematic, particularly in touring boots where the plastic's much thinner. So on a normal alpine boot, you might have plastic that's uh, three millimeters, four millimeters thick, five millimeters even, um, potentially in some boots, and you've got more plastic to work with. You can heat it up with a with a heat gun or um, and punch it out and stuff, and a lot of uh, ski shops will do that for you. But with a touring boot, the plastic might be half the thickness or maybe even less. And so you don't have as much plastic to work with, and it's easier to mess up your boots. And so you have to be real careful about punching out a touring boot. Now, you can punch them out. You can That can be done, but a lot of shops won't do what it. What does that mean, punching out? Like means heating up heating up the, sh- the plastic shell yeah, and with a press, like an, a pneumatic press or something, you're actually pushing the plastic out from the inside mm-hmm. of the boot. You're pushing it out to make a little bit more room. In like specific areas? In specific areas. Okay. Yeah, so regular areas where people punch out their boot is like right along like the ball of the foot to make it a little bit wider there. Um, for toe. Yeah. For, for me, I would... I'm considering punching out my boots. I, I'm torn if I should try a different boot or if I should try to punch these out because I love these boots other than just that uncomfortable pressure on the So instep. manufacturers don't, they don't make like them it. too big because then you're it's sloppy. So they make it tight. But then if you have a, a foot um, abnormality or anything or just the sizing is different from that shell, then you need to punch it out. You might. Yeah. Or might, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, um, punching out a boot is not something you should try if you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) If you haven't practiced, (laughs) that's a good way to ruin a really expensive pair of boots. Um, which is why I've punched out plenty of boots in my day and I'm a little bit nervous. I I don't personally have the equipment for it. And so I could try it with a heat gun and, and, uh, kind of my own tools. I could try to punch out my own boot. But I'm a little, and I'm considering it, but I'm a little bit nervous. Like, I'm almost considering maybe I need to go spend 150 bucks at a ski shop to have them punch my boots out for me. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. You pay a lot of money for the boot, and then you got to pay more to get the fit in. Right. Yep. Mm. So I'll probably, because I'm cheap, I'll probably end up trying to punch it out myself. <laughs> and it will probably go okay because I've done it um, before. But but uh, So what, worst case, nervous. you punch through? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, worst case, if you push too hard, you get a weak spot that could break, that maybe you punch all the way through. I I don't think I would do that, but um, yeah, you make a weak, a weak point in a critical part of the boot. That's another thing. It's like certain structural areas of the boot. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress put on the bottom of a, a ski boot uh, because only the toe and the heel are connected. And then you're, you've got, for in my case, 200 pounds of weight pushing on those ski boots 
on the middle of the ski boot so I don't want to mess too much with with parts of the boot that are structurally important because I could have a boot that fails if you know if I make it too weak in the wrong spot so some of those things to consider how many times can you punch out a, or not punch out can you mold your liner most most companies like intuition uh, which Scarpa uses and most of their liners Palau which is what Dina Fit uses and most of their liners they most of those guys say about seven times or oh, so. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. But each time you mold them, um, and, and Scarpa is is great. Intuition's great because let's say we mold a liner in the shop and the person doesn't end up buying the boots, which does happen. Um, we can mold it up to like five, six times, and then we call them up and we're like, hey, we've, we've molded these. Uh, these liners too much mold it out and they'll just send us a replacement liner yeah. which is pretty sweet so we don't have to uh, sell boots that have been molded too much now i would say the majority of the boots that we have to sell have never even been molded once mm. and maybe maybe you run into one that's been molded one time but that's rare uh, most of the time we don't mold them until we're pretty sure we're going to have a really good fit yeah or or the person's already purchased them, and then we mold them for them. So, I I usually tell customers too, like go ski two or three days in them, um, yeah, and get a good sense of where the real hot spots are. And lots of the liners will it just needs to pack out a little bit, and their problems are gone. I got a new pair of boots this year, and there was two spots on them that just killed my foot. But now I have I haven't didn't ever heat mold them, and now they're fine, and I don't need to heat mold them. Yep. So I think it's just. I usually tell customers, go give it two days of like good riding of of multiple laps back to back. Get that boot heated up by your just the heat of your foot, and get some flexing in the boot and and get some time on them. And I feel like nine times out of ten, the customers come back and they're like, hey, I don't even need to heat mold them. Like they're fine. It's a good thing to have, but again, it's not completely necessary. But for some feet, it is. Um, my Scarpa Mistrales, I heat molded them and I punched them um, because I just have a weird foot and they were not comfortable. So I think a lot of instances though, um, heat molding is great, but if if you can scan them a little bit, it gives you a really good idea of where the <clears throat> actual hot spots are, where the actual pressure points are. And then when you do go into the ski shop to get them heat molded, you're going to get it done right the first time. Yeah, a lot of times you almost get a better fit if you don't mold them mm -hmm. like if you just let your your foot break them in sometimes you almost get a better fit that way i, I agree now in in some cases uh i like to if for example i put my foot in a boot and it's the right length and it's the right width but i feel like i've got too much volume in the boot i will heat mold them and i will heat mold them because i want to fill in the space around my foot and when you heat heat up the liner the foam expands and when it cools it it stays at that expanded shape and so if i need to fill in space i'll heat mold them but if it's almost too tight everywhere i'll just ski them and i'll break them in that way usually i usually won't heat mold them if there's a pressure point that's particularly painful and i just don't want to ski through that for a few days then maybe i'll heat mold them to try to deal with that but um yeah there's something to be said about 
uh, just skiing, breaking the boots in through skiing. Sometimes you get a better fit that way. Yep, I agree. Um, let's see. What are some other boot fitting tips? Oh, so when you uh, proper fit, proper length of the boot is uh, when you're standing, when you put slip the boot on and you buckle it up. When you're standing up straight and your heels are at the back of the boot, your toes should be touching the end. Not curled, not crammed, but at least touching. All the toes? Whatever your long, longest <laughs> yeah. toe is. Okay. Your yeah. first or your second, second toe, toe, I guess. Um, when you're... When you're crouched down, you're flexing, putting pressure on your shins, and you're in a, like a ski position, those toes should pull away just a little bit to the point where they're uh, not touching or maybe just barely touching. What you don't want is that you don't want to be able to, you don't want your toes to be able to cram and jam into the front of the boot to the point where they're curled and it's uncomfortable because if you can do that in the shop, then you're that's going to be exaggerated on the mountain. And you don't want your toes getting yeah. jammed and stuff like that. Plus, you want to have a little bit of room that you can wiggle your toes for circulation purposes. Um, the harder your toes are jammed into the liner, that's compressing the the liner, which compresses the insulation. Your toes are going to get colder, that sort of thing. So, um, you don't, you know, it's it's not a horrible thing to have just a touch of extra room in the toes if your heels locked in and the rest of your foot's locked in. Uh, you don't have to be touching the end of the boot if it's a good fit. But like Chase said earlier, most people buy a boot that's too big and then the, the boot packs out and it's sloppy on them and, and they just can never have a great fit because their boot or, or have a great skiing experience because their boot is so loose that they just don't have the same control. It's like, it's like, um, have you ever ridden a mountain bike? where the tires were just really gushy and, and not pumped up very firm. and too soft. Yeah, and you're, like, trying to steer, and you just feel like <laughs> you don't have a lot of control. Or yep. um, I'm trying to think of – have you ever driven, like, a truck, <clears throat> like an old truck, where you get behind the steering wheel and you can turn the steering wheel? Like, <laughs> like a quarter 30, turn, it doesn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. do anything. And so when you're it's at awesome. high speed, it feels like you're – you're just kind of floating down the road and you don't have a whole lot yep. of control. That's living on the edge right that there. That is how it feels when you have a, an ill-fitting ski boot. You so, just So true. And you hit a bump and you get thrown in the back seat because your heels aren't locked in. And yep. um, and once you're in the back seat, like you're, you have zero steering control and all that stuff. So proper fitting ski boot is is the probably the most critical part of the whole setup. More more important than the ski you're on, probably. Uh, definitely more important than the bindings that you chose. Uh, it's really critical. You heard that book, uh, My Boots Are Loose by Dr. Seuss? <laughs> <laughs> probably doesn't exist, but it'd be awesome. It's like, wow. If it did. <laughs> you should make it. <laughs> so, uh, anything else to add, Chase? I think that pretty well rounds out some good boot fitting tips. I think overall theme if you don't know what you're doing go to your local ski shop and see a boot fitter um and if they try to sell you a boot without shell fitting you first maybe reconsider who's <laughs> helping you yep exactly um, because you really 
it's going to be hard to know exactly what the right fit is. Um, and, and trust a boot fitter too. Um, because they, it's what they do all day, every day is they fit boots. And if it's a little uncomfortable here or there, which is hard. Cause you're like, a, Oh, I know what I like. And I know that my foot hurts right now. Yeah. But they have a pretty good idea of what the boots going to do in the future better than you do. Mm. Um, so that, I mean, there's a reason they're getting paid to help people fit boots. So trust them. They typically know what they're doing. And believe us, um, like if they, if this, <laughs> if the ski fitter tells you that, yes, they feel tight right now, but they're going to pack out and they're going to feel a lot looser. Believe them because I can't yep. tell you, I cannot count how many people I've sold boots to that have come back and said, uh, they're too loose. And when I told them in the mm. shop, these are going to be too loose, they're too big. Oh, no, they fit great. I know they do now, but they're going to be too big. No, they fit great. And then they come back and, oh, you sold me the wrong size. Like, well. I didn't. <laughs> you bought the wrong I size. Tried. I tried to sell you the right size. So, um, so anyway, consider what your boot fitter has to say. Now, with that said, not all boot fitters are created equally. It's true. And... Um, and if a boot fitter is trying to sell you a boot that is excruciating to wear and they're just telling you, just try it, it'll be fine, probably don't do that. You want the boot to be pretty close to feeling good, like feeling really good out of the box when you when you get on the lift. A little too snug is not the worst thing if it's not like killing you painful. Uh, but if it if it's painful, don't buy the boot. Like you don't want to. That spend is a song, t- "Killing Me Slowly" or "Softly." softly. Killing me softly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this would be killing you painfully. <laughs> um, but anyway, so if yeah, if you have a boot on and it just hurts, and you you really want that boot, but it just really really hurts, maybe consider a different boot. Um, and if you just have to have that boot, then um, mold them. Get them punched out. Do what you can, and and uh, anyway. So there's that. <laughs> Sweet. So uh, hopefully there's some some wisdom, some experience in there that can be helpful as you're choosing the right ski boot in in your future. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe. Also share it with your friends and leave us a friendly review, please. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and check out our website gear30.com that's spelled out g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y.com this week we have base layers on sale and killer killer base layers on sale Um, they won't kill you but they're very awesome they're awesome base layers so uh, you can check out all the other stuff that we have going on right now at gear30 and uh, like us on Facebook and then you'll get future notifications of sales and stuff that we have going on. And I think that's it. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there.